Hello, sister. You are listening to the Womology Podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom, and transform your health. I'm Dana Drehos, and thank you so much for being here. Hello, and welcome back to Womology. Today, I am with Nicole Ben-Diane, who is a cycle-syncing nutritionist, women's health expert, and menstrual health educator. So today, we're going to be talking all things cycle-syncing from a 101 level. So if you've never even heard that term before, don't worry. You're in the right place. This is what we're going to be breaking down for you today. So hi, Nicole. The first thing I want to ask is we're going to do a little cycle check-in. So where are you at in your cycle right now and how is that impacting your mood and energy? Hey, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to, to get to know you and chat a little bit. I am currently in my follicular phase. So my estrogen is rising. I'm approaching my ovulatory phase. So I'm actually really energetic at this point. My memory and focus is really good. So I've been able to get a lot done within the last few days and just, yeah, feeling really good overall. Awesome. I'm in my follicular too, but more at the beginning stages. So I'm like slowly rising up there. I love to hear when people are, you know, in follicular ovulatory for the podcast. Cause I always feel bad when people are like, yeah, I'm in my luteal menstrual. Like it's kind of hard to communicate right now, but it's okay. Awesome. So let's define what we're talking about here for those who are maybe hearing the term cycle syncing for the first time in their life. What is your high level overview definition? Sure. So put simply, I like to say that cycle syncing is the practice of tailoring your nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle to the four phases of your menstrual cycle. Yep. That pretty much covers it. Simple and concise. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Like So the opposite of cyclical living essentially is the way our society is currently structured and run, which is this like very linear Monday to Friday, nine to five, like show up and do the same kind of tasks day in and day out, maybe even like eating the same things day in and Mm -hmm. day out. So what are some tangible benefits of cycle syncing or cyclical living as we refer to it sometimes that you yourself or your clients have experienced? Yeah. Well, to go to your point, like we do live in a society that's very based on the circadian rhythm, which is both men and women have a circadian rhythm. That's your sleep-wake cycle. Um, And it's very consistent. And males don't really have this fluctuating hormones over the course of a month. So that's the infradian rhythm. So it's really cool when you start to align your life with your infradian rhythm and your cycle, you get so many incredible benefits. And this happens not just for women who have issues with their cycle. You know, I work with a lot of people who have things like PCOS or endometriosis or irregular cycles or amenorrhea that have a lot of difficulty with their cycle. But cycle syncing can really help absolutely everybody, women or menstruating people that have this infradian rhythm. And a lot of the incredible benefits that you get aren't just the really physical benefits of you're able to feel really good throughout your whole cycle. You're able to limit the PMS that you may experience, the painful periods. You feel just really good in your body and you're supporting your overall health. So your health is optimized as well as your fitness, 
when you're, you're cycle syncing your fitness, but then it goes really, really cool when you start to cycle sync other aspects of your life. So it can really help you to improve productivity and efficiency by understanding your patterns, working with your cycle, avoid burnout when you know kind of when to plan certain things or when you need to take some time for yourself. It can also really help in relationships to build communication and intimacy. You know, I spent a lot of time feeling really negative in my luteal phase. I have type A PMS, which is anxiety. And, you know, that caused a lot of rifts in a lot of my relationships. I would snap at people. I would have a lot of, you know, frustration or irritability, whatever that is. And then as I started cycle syncing and being able to support my nutrition and my health and allow those symptoms to be minimized, but then also to understand your patterns and then give yourself a little bit more space and a lot more grace. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is really powerful. And it also builds a lot of confidence in ourselves because I think we lose a lot of confidence when, you know, we're in the society that it's go, go, go. And you have to be, you know, the same over the course of the month or whatever it is. But when you're able to really understand how your cycle and your hormones are impacting you, you allow yourself to understand yourself better, feel more at home in your body and really experience that boost in confidence and accepting of yourself. Yeah. You hit on everything that I would have said too. I'm especially glad that you mentioned the relationships piece, because mm-hmm. that's been something so important for me as well, being able to communicate what's going on with me to my partner and having him be really receptive to that and and asking me like, oh, I know you're in your luteal, like, how's, how's that going? How are you feeling? Awesome. It's so awesome. And yeah, it, it, it's funny you said everyone can benefit from it. And then you were like, well, just women, but actually everyone still though, because mm-hmm. everyone, yeah, everyone has a woman in their life. It impacts our relationships. So that mm-hmm. means it impacts the people around us. So if we are feeling aligned in our bodies and connected in our bodies and confident in our bodies, then that just has you know a positive ripple effect to everyone out there. Totally. And there's been some um, studies that have shown that learning about mental menstrual health and menstrual education really helps build social solidarity. And that's really cool when you think about it, because, you know, when we're young, we're not taught about these things. And, you know, as women, we're not taught about them and that really impacts our overall lives, but also for, like you said, the male counterparts or non-menstruating people who, you know, have all of these women in their lives and, it helps to build compassion and solidarity and understanding with each other. And I think that that's super powerful. Ooh, I love that. I've never heard of those studies before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, just the fact that I think the statistic is like you spend on average seven years of your life on your period, like actually bleeding. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just so important to know about, and yet so many of us don't know. Um, and so can I mention yeah. something in there as well? Because yeah. that is super powerful, but I'm also like, I kind of want to get away from just thinking about your menstruation as your just actual period. period in your bleed. Right. So yeah. a crazy statistic is that the average woman will have 451 menstrual cycles in her life spanning 38.5 years. Mm-hmm. So that's constantly happening throughout those average 38.5 years. And that's such a big aspect of ourselves. And I think when a lot of people are looking at 
their menstruation or menstrual health through a negative lens or at their period, like it's a burden or just, yeah, through a negative lens, think about how significant of an aspect of your life you're looking at through a negative lens. So no matter how much self-help you do, no matter how much work you do, if you're looking through such a significant part of your life in a negative way, that's still going to bring in so much negativity. So I think it's really cool, you know, that you're doing this and that the conversations are happening so that we can start looking at our periods and our cycles as our superpower and really be able Mm -hmm. to not only learn how to support ourselves, but also leverage our cycles to improve our overall quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that you said that. I think in a conversation I've had previously, we were saying how caring for your whole cycle is a part of self-love because Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, your period is, and your whole cycle is a part of you. So imagine hating on a part of you for Mm -hmm. 38 years. Like that has a super impact on your quality of life and so many other things. So what was life like for you before you started living cyclically? Well, my life was actually based on synthetic hormones for a very long time. And that's really how I I got into this field was that I was on birth control for almost 10 years and I had started experiencing really, really negative symptoms, the anxiety and depression symptoms, the gut health issues, constant bleeding. There was just so many issues that I was having. And I went to go see four different doctors within three years and got consistently and totally dismissed. Even when I brought up, like, does it have anything to do with my birth control? They were like, no, you're fine. It has nothing to do with your birth control until the last appointment that I had. And I was like, I want this off. Like I want it out. And they were like, no, it's not giving you anxiety. And I'm like, are we sure about that? And so once I went off of birth control, I started doing some research into the side effects of birth control and saw all of my symptoms in this tiny eight point font on this newspaper size pamphlet. And it was just so disheartening to feel that and to feel so dismissed and that I could have gotten a lot of the help that I needed, even when I was on birth control. Like there's certain things that you can do that can make your life easier if you so choose to be on birth control. But I was never told, you know, at 16 years old, when I went on it, that it affects my nutritional requirements. It can impact my gut microbiome, my pH levels, make me more susceptible to STIs or infections or BV or like all of these other things that, you know, if I was armed with that knowledge, would have made me feel like I actually had authority over my body and over myself. So, you know, I started doing a lot of that research and at the same time I was going through my holistic nutrition education. And, you know, even in that, there was very little talk about, you know, the period and the cycle. There was a couple of things that they had mentioned about PMS and PCOS, but really nothing in depth. Mm -hmm. So I started doing my own research as I was getting off of birth control and how to support that transition off of birth control. And that's when I found out that there was four phases to my cycle. And I was... (sighs) 
mind blown, really, (laughs) and dumbfounded because here I am, you know, a quote unquote, well-educated person who was super into nutrition and fitness since they were really young, was going through my holistic nutrition education. And I didn't even know that there was four phases to my cycle. And that was very much so a pivotal point. And, you know, as I kept doing research, I was like, okay, well, if certain hormones need certain things like certain nutrients, or they affect your body differently, then as those hormones are greater at certain times of the month or at certain times in my cycle, shouldn't I be supporting it in certain ways? So I actually started piecing things together. And it was a few months later that I, I found out that cycle syncing was a thing that was already, you know, out there, Alyssa Vitti coined the term in, in I think 2008. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even so we still didn't know it. And that was only a few years ago. So I you know, started having a lot of conversations with people. They didn't have any idea. And so I quit my job and I started doing this and it's been a really cool adventure to, you know, be part of that change, uh, which I'm very humbled to be part of. And, you know, now cyclically living, I still fall into some negative patterns of, you know, the hustle culture and burning out and all of that kind of stuff. But what I find is that with education, and that's why I focus my practice, you know, really significantly on digital education is because I think when you have the education of, you know, what's actually going on, you know how to support it, you know why you're supporting it. That's where you're going to get sustainable change because, you know, if you came to me and I wrote you a program and you followed it for three months and we're feeling great, then that's cool. But the next time that something comes up, you might not know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. So I think with education is such a powerful way to, you know, really create that sustainable change. And then also whatever kind of comes up because our cycles are ever changing as we get older, as life happens, you know, things are going to going to change and might pop up. So with education, I think it's really cool that you are able to see things faster and attend to them a little bit quicker. And those lower points aren't as low and, you know, those higher points last a lot longer, which I think is really cool. Oh, yes. Thank you for sharing all of that. So much to take away from there. And I agree. I think the education piece really gives you like the why Mm -hmm. of what you're doing. Cause in any other circumstance, it's just like, Oh, you got to lose weight. And you know, here's a diet to follow. And it's like, (laughs) why though? Like, you know, it's like, we understand, Oh, for health, but like that extra layer of education Mm -hmm. piece makes it very personal of like, Oh, this is literally what's going on inside my body all month long. And now that I understand that, and I understand the benefits of living this lifestyle, it just makes so much more sense. And it's a lot more motivating. I found totally, I totally Um, agree. And I think your story definitely resonates with me and so many people, you know, I was also on birth control for like a decade, all different kinds and having the side effects and being dismissed. Oh, just try this other pill or Mm. try this one. And I actually got my IUD removed while I was living in Vietnam last year. Oh, I lived in Vietnam too. You did? Oh my God. We'll have to talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I got it taken out there. And it was so nice to not be questioned about it. Like I was Mm -hmm. nervous going into it because I'm like, I don't want to have to like 
justify this decision because I know why, like I'm equipped with the information behind my decision, but I just know that every other time I've gone to the gynecologist, there's pushback like, oh, but, or judgment, like, well, how are you going to prevent pregnancy? Or are you trying to get pregnant now? But she didn't say anything. She was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And the actual removal process was absolutely terrible, but we won't get into that. So who would you say cycle syncing is for? Like, can you do it if you're on hormonal birth control or when you have irregular periods? Who who is it for? Sure. So, you know, cycle syncing itself, when you're on birth control, you're not having a real cycle. If you're on the combination pill or something that has both estrogen and progestin, you're not having a true cycle. So the bleed that you experience is a withdrawal bleed. You're not actually ovulating. Therefore, you can't really cycle sync. And as well, if you're on a progestin only, they suppress ovulation, but not consistently. So again, it's really difficult to cycle sync. Mm-hmm. Saying that, I'm also going to mention that cyclical living doesn't necessarily have to be just about your cycle. Like if you are on birth control and you choose to stay on it and support yourself, then you know you can cycle up with the moon or you can have these different levels of you know different types of cycles that help you just be more of an accountability partner to yourself, understand your patterns and how your patterns line up. And you'll find that there's going to be a lot of patterns that you'll experience in cyclical forms that you can then, you know, tailor your life toward. But then with specifically with cycle syncing, it is for those who have a, a cycle or ovulating and can can track their cycle a little bit better. When it comes down to menstrual related issues like PCOS that gives you really irregular cycles or hypothalamic amenorrhea where you don't even have a cycle, the first thing that you really want to do is start learning about about your menstrual health through that lens and really tackle that issue first. Because the thing is, you can very well manage most menstrual related issues naturally through diet, lifestyle, and exercise. And then when you're able to have a more regular cycle and understand your cycle better, then you can really start cycle syncing. And, you know, even if you do have irregular cycles, once you know that it's your follicular phase that is more of the variable aspect and the variable time in your cycle and your luteal phase is much more stable. Uh, So it will be the same consistently, uh, the same amount of days. So when you have that knowledge, then you can really continue to cycle sync, even if you do have an irregular cycle and it's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier to really understand and to support your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of getting to the root cause issues Mm -hmm. of whatever hormone imbalance issues you might be having tackling that first, healing that first. And yeah, like you said, not to say that you can't start implementing um, some methods of cycle syncing, you know, going along with the moon phases, but yeah, definitely tackling those root cause issues first. So let's talk about the the moon phases for a second here, just so people kind of understand what that means. Sure. So the moon also follows a 28 day cycle, uh, which is really cool. And so we just had a new moon yesterday. Not sure when this podcast will come out, but it's yesterday for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
the new moon is often a time and that's when there's really, you can't really see the moon in, in the sky. And that's often a time of lower energy, melancholy, and a little bit more of an emotional time for a lot of people. And then the full moon is two weeks later. And, you know, of course that's when the moon is full and very bright. And it's really cool actually that there's been studies that have shown that uh, first responder calls, hospital visits have more calls during the full moon than at any mm-hmm. other time. So that's showing you that there is a direct implication of the moon on how we feel and how we act. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting to to kind of know. Yes. Yes. Love it. Yeah. So essentially you would look up I I tend to Google like, okay, what are the moon phases for this month? When is that happening? Mark it in my calendar and kind of sync up to those cycles, like along Mm -hmm. with the moon phases. So you mentioned before how there are four phases in the menstrual cycle, and we've already kind of used some of the terms in there. So I want to take a step back again for people who are just learning about this for the first time and just at a high level, like what are the four hormonal phases and what is going on hormonally in each phase? So your cycle is from the first day of your bleed to the first day of your next full bleed. And your cycle should be between 28 and 34 days is really the optimal range. The normal range is you know, some say 21, some say 24 up until about 36 to 38 days. And even when you're getting into that kind of area, that is a sign that something may be askew in your body. So you're really trying to stay between the 28 and 34 day mark. And it starts the first day of your bleed. And that is the beginning of your menstrual phase. That's your period. That's when you're actually bleeding. And that should last between three and seven days. And during that phase is really when our hormones are at their lowest and your body is shutting its endometrium and you know, you're actually bleeding. It's really taxing on the body. Then after you finish your period, you go into the follicular phase. And this is when estrogen starts to rise as an egg starts to become developed. And then estrogen kind of reaches a peak and that is triggering your next phase, which is your ovulatory phase. And about 36 hours after that estrogen peak and the LH peak is when you actually release the egg. And that's ovulation. And, you know, I like to consider as I'm going through these phases, these are for cycle syncing purposes. When you're actually thinking about the uterine phase and the ovarian phase, they're a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So this is really for cycle syncing purposes. And the ovulatory phase, I like to say, is about two to three days before ovulation and about three days after ovulation. And your hormones can actually fluctuate between 30 and 50% near ovulation, Mm -hmm. which is wild. And this is really the main event in your cycle. Mm -hmm. So after your ovulatory phase comes your luteal phase, and that's where progesterone should be the dominant hormone. Estrogen falls, rises a little bit, and then kind of steadies out. And that balance between progesterone and estrogen is really important, especially when it comes to experiencing PMS. And there's actually five different types of PMS that each kind of have their own causes and natural protocols. And it's really important that that is a good balance and that you're really producing this progesterone. So at the end of your cycle, if an egg hasn't been fertilized, then both progesterone and estrogen will start to fall 
and that will trigger your menstruation. So those are the four phases. Beautiful. I've never heard that there are five different types of PMS. Can you just name what those are for people? Totally. For so, <laughs> so there's type A, which is anxiety. That's, you know, anxiety, irritability, mood swings, et cetera. That affects about 70% of menstruating women. And then there is type C, which is cravings. And that's where you're really craving uh, a lot of sugary foods, a lot of carbs, and it can also cause headaches and dizziness. Then there's type D, which is depression. And that is categorized as, you know, overwhelming sadness, insomnia or hypersomnia. So not being able to sleep or sleeping too much and really those depressive symptoms. Then there is, it's known as type W or type H, which is water retention or hyperhydration. Another really common one that about 70% of menstruating women experience. And that is categorized by, you know, you're retaining water. So you're a little bit more puffy. You might experience weight gain or swelling, especially your hands, your feet, your face, bloating. And then that also comes with general emotional upset often. And then the last type is the newest type and that's type P, which is pain. And this is really the, the painful experiences that you have, you know, especially leading up to your period, but then also painful periods and dysmenorrhea. So that can be categorized as cramping, having those period poops that we all know and love. (laughs) Breast pain, pain, probably. Yeah, exactly. Breast pain. And that breast pain also falls into type H, the water retention, because often Mm that will cause like breast swelling as well. And then, you know, type P with the back pain, the pain radiating down the legs Mm. and and stuff like that. So those are the five types. And as we know, so many of us have been brought up to believe that all of these symptoms, all this pain, this bloating is just normal. And that's just the way it is. And that's just our lot in life as women and people who bleed. However, cycle syncing really comes into along with, you know, root cause solutions, looking at those hormonal imbalances mm-hmm. to not have all of that pain and bloating and all of that stuff. So what are some lifestyle strategies we can implement within each phase to help like offset all that craziness that can go mm-hmm. on in the luteal phase? Sure. Well, yeah. So to go on that point, something that I always say is although PMS is common, it's not normal. And it's a sign that something's askew in your body. Anytime that you have pain or you're experiencing discomfort is really your body trying to speak to you and, you know, give you hints that something's up and that needs to be addressed. So what's really cool about cycle syncing is that what you're doing in previous cycles really impact your future cycles and your future phases. So what you're doing in your follicular phase will have a direct impact on your luteal phase. And so there's definitely certain things that you can do to support the phase that you're directly in, and then also to support your coming phases. So I can go through really quickly. If we talk about it from a nutritional standpoint, you know, during menstruation, you may be losing about two milligrams of iron per day of your bleed, which is significant. Iron is the oxygen carrier throughout the blood. So if you don't have enough iron, it's often why you're feeling fatigued or you might bruise easily or feel dizzy. And so it's really important to, you know, kind of up your iron during, especially your menstrual phase with things like organic beef liver or spinach and broccoli, and make sure to have 
iron with vitamin C as it enhances absorption and avoid things like alcohol or caffeine that inhibit absorption. And that can be Mm -hmm. really, really helpful, especially with the energy levels. I want to just jump in there too and make sure that people know we're not necessarily talking about like supplementation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll just take my iron supplement, Mm -hmm. my vitamin C supplement um, without really an understanding of how our body works essentially Mm. and how different nutrients, vitamins, minerals work together in a package. And they come in that package in whole foods rather than just these supplements. So yeah, just wanted to. Yeah. And also, you know, supplements, it's the word is supplements. It's supplemental to your diet. It's supplemental Mm -hmm. to your lifestyle. So I definitely love supplements. I actually have a supplement line and you know, supplements are really powerful things that you can utilize, but they're supplemental to, you know, living a really holistically well life. Don't think that Mm -hmm. you're going to take a bunch of supplements and then you're going to be healed, even though, you know, you're not focused on nutrition, you're not sleeping well, et cetera, et cetera. Supplements are very supplemental. So it is really important to do that. And, you know, it's really great that we have so much access to food and, to different types of food that we can, you know, combine different types of food or, you know, prepare types of food in the way that they're most bioavailable so that your body is actually able to absorb the nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Go on. So fl- follicular phase. So in your follicular phase, your body is trying to develop this follicle, which holds your egg. And as that follicle is developing, it's releasing estrogen. So it's really important to support estrogen in your body and support the production of estrogen so that you can hit those certain levels that you need to then trigger your next phase. But what a lot of the issue is, especially in our society, is that we're exposed to a lot of endocrine disruptors and really high levels of estrogenic things like you know, different types of plastics, especially if you heat plastic and you're, you know, you're microwaving it or whatever things like fragrances and these different, they're called xenoestrogens that are created because of the industrialized process. And these are chemicals that kind of act like estrogen in the body, but are much more inflammatory and much more, you know, for lack of a better word, aggressive. And that's, really difficult and is a lot of the reason why a lot of women will experience really high levels of estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. But we do need to support our estrogen and you can do so with things like phytoestrogens. And these are different than xenoestrogens. Phytoestrogens come from plants and they kind of act like estrogen in the body. Well, they mimic estrogen in the body, but they have been shown to actually help regulate estrogen. So making sure that it's not too high and it's not too low. So things like tofu or lignans in flax seeds can be really helpful. And also during your follicular phase, you know, to both ends, it's all about regulating estrogen. So you need estrogen to be at a certain level, but you also need to be able to process out that estrogen. And your body does that, especially through the liver. And so it's really helpful to add in things that help your body metabolize estrogen. And that can be things like cruciferous vegetables, cauliflower, broccoli, arugula, Brussels sprouts, things like that. And then also fermented foods that really support your gut health. Things like sauerkraut and kimchi, miso can be super, super helpful in the follicular phase. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and I want to, yeah. uh, I want to let people know that we have a guest coming on who's going to go super into all of those endocrine disruptors and toxins. So we're going to dive deep on that. Amazing. It's so important to understand those. Yes. So then you go into your ovulatory phase. And like I said, your hormones can fluctuate between 30 and 50% near ovulation. So within your ovulatory phase. And again, this is really important to help your body metabolize out that estrogen. And because you have such a surge of hormones, it's really important to support your body's metabolism of those out and elimination of them. And this can be, again, really taxing on the liver. So especially at this time, anti-inflammatory foods are really beneficial. So things like turmeric and ginger can be super, super helpful. Fatty fish is great. Things that really help support uh, clearance of estrogen and your liver and elimination. Make sure that you're having enough fiber. If you're not pooping, you're not getting rid of these toxins and you're not getting rid of these excess hormones and they can actually be reabsorbed back into your system and act as that more inflammatory type of estrogen. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you're expelling these toxins. So fiber is really important during this phase as well. Then as you get into your luteal phase, there's a couple of different things that I like to mention with the luteal phase. First of all, you definitely want to encourage progesterone production. So things like vitamin E and zinc really help with that. Seafood is really great. Cucumber. And you also really want to understand your specific type of PMS. So for instance, if you have type A, which is anxiety, things like B6 can be really, really beneficial at reducing your anxiety levels, as well as avoiding things that contain a compound called PEA. And this can be found in hard cheeses, chocolate, bananas, stuff like that. So you might want to avoid that. And if you understand your type of PMS, it's great because you're able to add in those extra nutrients and make sure that you're really tailoring it to what your specific body needs. Because although we all are experiencing a cycle and there is kind of a generalized thing that can really help us, our bodies are still really individual and we should be treating them as such and not just looking at, you know, this generalized um, idea of health and wellness, but really focus on what our specific body needs and how we feel when we eat certain foods. Some other things that are really helpful, especially for painful periods and pain is magnesium and over 50% of the U S population is actually deficient in magnesium. And this is my favorite mineral, really. (laughs) If someone were to have favorite minerals, this is definitely my favorite mineral because it has over 300 metabolic reactions in the body. And it is so important for all of these different reactions, but then it also has nerve tranquilizing and muscle relaxing effects. So if you're taking magnesium, especially magnesium glycinate at night, this can really help with um, sleep, relaxation, muscle recovery, and reducing pain, cramp, and associated issues, as well as supporting your overall cycle. Beautiful. When you when you were talking about the mineral, I just pictured... <laughs> I just pictured like all these menstrual health nerds like coming together <laughs> in person and just being like, so what's your favorite mineral? <laughs> because I just think like the, the kinds of things that like other people are interested in talking about, like, oh, like this drama with Mary Kate Nashley mm-hmm. Olson, whatever. I'm like, 
I have no idea what you're talking about, but like, ask me what my favorite mineral is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like such a dork. <laughs> I love it. I support it thoroughly. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And yeah, also as you were talking, I was thinking about how important it is for people to be tracking their cycles and tracking mm-hmm. their symptoms so that they can know, yeah, what kind of PMS am I having? It's not just this blanket term of like PMS because there's like 80 symptoms that fall under that term PMS, Mm -hmm. but what kind do you specifically have? When in your cycle are you experiencing these symptoms? Is it all the time or is it just in certain phases? And Mm -hmm. yeah, this can just tell you so much information about your health and I think that's um, also one of the downfalls of hormonal birth control is like you're not really getting as much information from mm-hmm. your body when you're shutting down that process, that cycle. Yeah, totally. You're masking symptoms rather than actually addressing them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. I love that we broke down the nutrition piece. I have, just so everyone knows, we have another guest coming on to break down the exercise piece because you can actually sync your movement exercise with your cycle. So we'll hold off on that conversation, but just, yeah. So everyone knows like the, the whole process of cycle syncing is about nutrition, exercise, work life, social life. So what would you say to someone who hears all of this and is like, this sounds like another job, like Mm -hmm. to figure all this out, plan all this out. Like, oh, now I have to like, you know, know what phase I'm in and what food am I going to eat and how am I going to exercise and how am I going to schedule my work? Like, it just sounds like a lot. Overwhelming. Um, Totally. So, yeah. So, and that's how I felt when I first learned about it. So what are some baby steps that someone can take to ease their way into it? Yeah. I love to, to talk about stacking. And what I mean by stacking is you build a foundation and you start with one task or aspect, and then you stack things on top of that. So let's say you just start with cycle tracking. And this is great to do, especially if you're doing it for about three months, that really will help you start to understand your patterns. And, you know, you start with cycle tracking and then you start understanding your patterns and then you can stack on top of that you know, cycle sync nutrition. So adding, and I like to talk about cycle sync nutrition, not as you're depriving yourself, but you're just adding in. And it's really important that you're just adding in a couple extra nutrients during each phase. And it's really cool because after you start doing this for a few months, it really just becomes second nature. And you're just like, Oh yeah. Luteal phase. I'm going to have this today. Or you go to the grocery store and you're like, what phase am I in follicular? Okay. I'm just going to pick up some extra broccoli. I'm going to pick up some extra cauliflower and just make sure that I'm adding these foods in because it's not that you can't eat a lot of other things during, you know, said phase, but you're just adding in these extra little bits to support yourself. And as you start stacking these different things, it starts to become easier and easier and easier. And, you know, what I like to say is, is don't look at the whole staircase, look at the first step, because when you're looking at the entire staircase and see these, you know, huge staircase, it gets really overwhelming. But if you're only lurking at the next step in front of you, it's achievable and you're mm-hmm. able to do it and you're able to keep going back to it. Even if you walk down a couple of steps, you can walk back up them and you know, you hop up faster because you know what to do. 
And I think it's important also to find someone who you trust and respect and who has, you know, the ethical values that you share to help guide you through this process. It's so much easier not to do it alone, you know? So whether that be me and, you know, I've set out programs that walk you through the foundations of nutrition and fitness, and then how to cycle sync your nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle to each phase by having that kind of set structure, it's, you know, the three, four years of specific, you know, research that I've done placed into this small thing and really, you know, sifted out all of the fluff and just given you that. And that can be really, really helpful if it's, if it's something that you're really interested in so that you're not, you know, clicking on the same article 15 times, or you don't have this resource that you're like, oh, I should have saved that or, or whatever it is, but just, you know, having someone to help you walk through it, that's done it before that you trust and know, I think can be super, super beneficial. Mm-hmm. Cause this, to go back to that point, it's, think about it long-term and, you know, if you have your cycle for 38.5 years, you know, a lot of people don't even know about cycle syncing until, you know, 10, 15 years in. So, but mm-hmm. you still have like 20 years to go. And, you know, do you want to keep having these negative symptoms? Do you want to keep feeling this way? Or do you want to take those small baby steps over the next, you know, even if it's two years that you're learning about it and it takes a lot less time to learn about it. Like it's really, it's not too much, but Mm -hmm. it's, what are you doing for your future? And, you know, what about when, you know, you want to go through a fertility journey or go through menopause cycle syncing really, really helps your transition into menopause that we're all going to go through regardless. So, Mm -hmm. you know, think about it in broader terms. And then also something that really stuck with me from a podcast that I listened to yesterday was, so many of us think of things through negative lenses and are like, I want to change this about myself because I hate it. Stop thinking like that. Start thinking in a way that I love the fact that I know exactly how I'm going to feel. So I'm going to put a little bit more effort toward this. I love feeling like I can tackle the world even when I'm in my luteal phase. So I'm going to put in a little bit more effort toward this. If you're thinking about it through a negative lens or like a job or like this really overwhelming thing, it gets really intimidating. But take a couple steps back, start thinking about all the benefits that you can get from it, and then start taking those tiny steps that you can go along the way. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Love that answer. And what would you say to someone who, I'm asking these because I've heard these before, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just another box for me to fit in. I, I just want to live my life. This feels like too much structure. Mm-hmm. I would say that when you're actually doing it, you recognize that this helps you live your life so much better mm-hmm. because you under like regardless of how you're looking at it, regardless of you know whatever it is, you're going to have these patterns regardless. You're going to have this cycle regardless. So when you just want to, you know, doing it because it seems like a box, you're not actually providing yourself with, you know, the self-care that will actually help you get out of a lot of other boxes. You know what I mean? And you can also pick and choose from certain things. When you address a lot of, especially menstrual health issues, I was talking to a client recently and she was one of my first clients about a year and a half ago. And she has PCOS and hypothyroidism and a bunch of other issues. Her periods were like 80 days between 60 and 80 days. They're now down to, I think 38. 
and she hasn't continued to be as consistent, but because she really put effort in those first three months, her body is then able to withstand a lot more. So first of all, it becomes second knowledge, but then also when you really address your issues, then a healthy body can withstand so much more and you end up not necessarily having to do, you know, a hundred things, you can do five things and you're still really helping to support your menstrual health and your body is still treating you really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who's like, that's the sounds nice and all, but my life doesn't work like that. I have kids. My job is demanding. I can't just slow down on my period mm-hmm. or like maybe like my kids don't want to eat this or like, do you have any tips uh, for them? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, like I was saying before, it's about adding in certain nutrients at certain times. So, you know, if you have kids or your husband or your partner or whatever it is, they can still eat and they're, it's really healthy for them. And you can make it absolutely delicious. Like it's my favorite thing when clients do the meal plans and they're like, my husband didn't want to eat it for like a week. And then he did. And he was like, this is the best thing I've had. And I'm like, mm-hmm. exactly delicious. Like I used to be nutrition and culinary director of the startup. So I've always been into like mm-hmm. cooking. So I make sure that, you know, recipes are delicious. And if you know kind of how to do it, it's awesome. And they will like it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're also thinking about, you know, with really demanding jobs, for instance, cycle syncing allows you to understand when you might need a little bit more time for yourself. So maybe you're in your luteal phase. So you know that tonight I'm going to take a night for myself and I'm going to take an Epsom salt bath and relax. Epsom salt has is magnesium and it's amazing for relaxation and for your menstrual health. So I'm going to add in again, with this add in, I'm going to add in a little bit more time for me to do this, or I'm going to make sure to prioritize that I walk during my period instead of, you know, doing a HIIT workout because I'm giving myself a little bit more grace. So it's really about finding different places that all of these, that you can add in all of these little things that really help support it. And, you know, why I say that cycle syncing, especially your career helps you to improve your efficiency and productivity is because you understand your brain is actually going to work differently during your cycle, right? So estrogen has a direct effect on memory and focus and motivation, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a great thing to be able to take advantage of that time and maybe do a couple extra things during your follicular and your ovulatory phase so that in your luteal phase, you don't have as much stress or you've like better prepared your body for it. You've better prepared your schedule for it. And it can be really beneficial just to add in those little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, just like giving yourself grace in that and recognizing that it is still so important to take that time for yourself as much as you can, communicating boundaries with those around you as much as you can. And utilizing the community that you do have as much Mm -hmm. as you can. Yeah. And even going back to that point of giving yourself grace, how much that just improves your overall life. Like I've spoken to so many, you know, new moms, single moms, people who work really hard and and all of this other stuff that they start to be so self-deprecating because 
they snapped at their kid or they weren't able to show up at work in a certain way. And that will then often impact their character and make them feel, you know, have low confidence or whatever it is. But when we're able to understand how our cycle is impacting us, then that grace is there that we recognize that we can, that it's not necessarily us. I can give example of, you know, I was in a relationship and we worked really hard. We went through, you know, a rough patch, but worked really hard to get out of it. And, you know, I was feeling really great about everything. And then it just hit me like a brick wall. And I started having all these really anxious attachments and really these anxious feelings. And I was writing in my journal and I was like, hold on. And I flipped to 30 days before and the exact same sentence was written. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's because my serotonin levels are low because my hormones have lowered and they have a full you know, impact on my serotonin levels, et cetera, et cetera. And that allowed me to kind of step back and recognize that my thoughts weren't really my own. And so I was like, okay, I see you, but I'm just going to move past it. And I think that that grace that you're giving yourself is so, so important and will then enable you to improve your overall quality of life. Because if you're looking at everything pessimistically, you're going to get a pessimistic result. But if you give yourself grace, if you give yourself space, understand that your hormones are impacting you significantly all throughout the month, then you're able to kind of, you know, work with your body a little bit more, even if you're not able to implement a lot of these changes that can come with cycle syncing, you're able to at least understand yourself a little bit more and give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the key piece. Beautiful. So if people are wanting to dive deeper into this knowledge and learning, how can they learn more from you and how can they work with you? Sure. So you can follow me on socials. I'm at Nicole.Bendayan on Instagram and TikTok. And I give a lot of free resources and free information. And then if you're interested in working with focus mainly on digital education, meaning online courses. And I have four different courses, the Get Synced program, which is really learning the basics of nutrition and fitness, then diving deep into the four phases. And then I also have a ditch birth control protocol for those wanting to transition off of birth control or who have recently, as well as a understanding PCOS and an understanding endometriosis course for those issues. And um, those are all opening back up this month in June. So I'm really, really excited to, you know, have those out. So you can feel free to email me or sign up for my waiting list at thesyncsociety.com. And I'm also opening my books for one-on-ones, I think, but those are, have limited spots as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also have a really cool community that we do lunar circles and it's Ooh. great. <laughs> yeah. We do a full moon lunar circle that we have a guest and a new moon lunar circle that we do a Q and a and like moon rituals. So that's also really fun if you're into that. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? I will request one thing from your whole audience, and that is take one thing that you've learned from here and share it with someone else mm-hmm. or just share this podcast with someone else also. Um, yes, but it's really about making sure, you know, if I had known what I'd know now when I was 15, 16, 17, then my life would have been so much different. So if you're able to share this knowledge and really make it common knowledge, it can have such a huge impact on the world. Beautiful way to end. I love that. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm sure people will get so much value from this and I will drop all of your links 
in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to go deeper, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at Dana.Drejos or visit my website, DanaDrejos.com for more free resources and ways to work together. Wishing you peace, love, and health.